I think it's time to change that intro and change the music. I think, I th- you know, I kept saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I think I'm getting tired of that stuff, Brandon. I think it's time to make me a little bit edgy. <laughs> a little more edgy. <laughs> Look at me. It's, it's not party time, Mom. It's pajama party time. Me and Jamie Kilstein sitting out here on the couch. Look at us. Oh, hello. Look at us, I, Jamie. This was the show. I thought I dressed nice. When I did Stu's show last night, yeah. and he's in a suit, and I was just in like an old navy V-neck, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna dress how I want. It's summer of Chad. Summer of Chad. And I walked in in shorts and a tank top, and I asked your producer if it was okay. And then I see you walk in with shorts. <laughs> well, when I saw you, I thought about putting pants on, and I was like, nah. This is so much nicer. So I went and dug out a shirt, though, at least off the floor of my dressing room. I, I'm I'm a typical Chris Christopherson every day. I find my cleanest uh, dirty shirt. Yep. And I got my Real Women Don't Have Balls shirt on. You can get it at realwomensclub.com. Remember when I thought I was going to get in trouble for wearing a tank top? And yeah. Then you bested me. Yeah. <laughs> the... Uh, it, I even brought a vibrator. I, I love when the Chad Pads uh, auto dilator makes an appearance. It sounds so good on that microphone. It's it's out. You hear that, Joe? You hear that in the earphones over there, buddy? It's a little tingle for the ear. That gets you turned on. Yeah, I, it's my Chad audience ASMR. loves it. I don't know if this is the best way to introduce myself for people who don't know me, but I bought <laughs> uh, a vibrator for my ex girlfriend, and then we broke up like pretty quickly after. And I'm still on the mailing list of the vibrator. <laughs> company which is like a real screw you yeah. where i just just as like ladies vibrator company writes me like every month just to be like we're still yeah we're still down there we're still thinking about you yeah <laughs> uh hey are you thinking about us we're thinking about you yeah you want to buy it for your new girlfriend that story jamie I, know. I bought my ex-girlfriend a vibrator she soon became my ex-girlfriend yep and the only thing i've got is i'm still on the mailing I'm still list. on the ma- I, I keep mm. trying to report his spam it's doing nothing <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm meant to buy my new girlfriend a vibrator and then she can leave me. It sounds go. like I'm setting up like an old timey joke book joke. So I mm-hmm. bought my girlfriend a vibrator and she yeah. left me for the bam, 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 bam. My girlfriend's vibrator is so big. <laughs> How big is, is it? it? <laughs> it's so big that uh, when I bought it for her and got pulled over on the side of the road, a cop asked me what was in the sack. I said, I don't know. I stole this truck. <laughs> That's actually a Rodney Carrington joke. I can't take any credit for that. <laughs> Uh, Jamie, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Good. I'm good. I haven't seen you in a, a bit. It's been a I, minute. I don't think I've seen you since. I feel like every, <laughs> every time I talk to you, it'll be like, like the first time I was on the show, it's like, things are great. I'm doing stand-up. Next time I'm on the show, I'm like, I'm homeless. Subscribe to my Patreon. <laughs> and then this time it's like, I found Jesus. Everything's fine. This, you, I, I was thinking that because you've been on this show four or five times. Yeah. And I was well, sitting there because it goes way back, like five years. Yeah. And I was like, the evolution of Jamie Kilstein on the Chad Prather show has been, hey, it's wild. I've been accused of womanizing. Everybody in America hates me. Then, yep. man, I'm on Joe Rogan. Everybody loves me. I'm Come doing stand up. I'm an atheist. Now I love Jesus. <laughs> I'm a liberal. Now I'm a conservative. Guys, if you want to have fun in your life, befriend uh, artists because they always mm-hmm. just come with traumatic upbringings. It's tumultuous. They'll, they'll always keep you on your toes. They always make you feel better about your life. I know how many of my friends have I kept stable by them just being like, ah, we're not. Yeah. We're not Kilstein. Yeah. We're, we're not Kilstein level bad. We're fine. I. <laughs> Everybody, you're the litmus test for, for, um, God, yeah, you, you, there's no plateaus in your life. That's for sure. It's always ups and downs, valleys and peaks. I know. And I'm, I'm getting, this is the time I'm trying to, cause I have everything that I've wanted now and you know, not to be like sappy off the bat, but there is something about when you come to God where you're like, Oh, this is what it feels like to be just loved 
to be forgiven. And then that makes you want to be a better person. And it, it, it's just a really, it's a good starting um, uh, platform. And, but I'm catching myself. Yeah. Like where I'm like, I'm so used to that up and down and it becomes addictive, yeah. right? Like that's why so many people end up in like repetitive toxic relationships or abusive relationships, not because they're dumb, but because if I've only dated toxic red flag girls, <laughs> when I meet a toxic red flag girl, I don't go, uh-oh, my body, my biological body goes, oh, we have sex with her yeah. and with people like her. Let's go do that again. Yeah. And then suddenly you're like, oh, I can change her. It's different and blah, blah, blah. So you get like addicted to the trauma, especially if you grew up around it. And so right now things are good. I'm proud of what I'm doing. I'm happy. And I can, I can watch myself when I'm gonna like self-sabotage. Mm. And it's a fight, it like daily, because you're used to drama. I'm used to coming on shows and being like, hey, here's why my life is bad. I mean, yeah. comedy inspires that. You tell people your life's bad and then they all go, yay. And so you're getting validation from it. Whereas, you know, if I got up on stage in Austin and I was, hey, have you guys ever tried mindfulness? I'm really getting healthy and I'm aware of my bad habits. I'd be like, boo -hoo. We didn't pay for Tony Robbins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Give yeah. me kill Steve. Tell you. <laughs> Tell me about how everything's falling apart. Uh, so that is, that's the, it, it's not the struggle, but it's a challenge. Yeah. And it's fascinating to watch where I'm like, oh, you're happy with a girl? Uh, are you going to look for fights? Are you going to look for because you're used to this? And, you know, same mm -hmm. with the gig. Just every, my boss is so happy to have me as an employee because I'm the only artist who answers the phone on the first ring. And it's not because I'm professional. It's because I have PTSD and I see a boss calling and I just go, Hey, am I fired? And yeah. he's like, no man, just numbers are good. I'm like, okay, bye. And like, I'll pick up like that. Cause yeah. it's just, you're just, things going to get bad. And I think the trick is like, can you accept that? Like things can be good. Artists are weird, dude. Um, I, I I'm an anti-artist in that. I, I, I'm not the artist type, yeah. right? I don't live in this creative bubble to where I'm out of touch with reality, which causes what I do as an artist to sometimes not be as good. Maybe, right? but it also makes you more relatable and kind of realer. Well, I, I You're one of my been, favorite pocket like shows to do because I'm like, I feel like I'm talking to a friend. We're, we're not silent during commercial breaks because you're just on your phone ignoring me. You well, know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, the stuff that we talk about like a lot of times i'll have guests that'll come on and i don't want to talk to them a lot before the cameras are rolling because i'm like don't waste the good conversation yeah, let's have course. the good conversation on camera the best conversations are always off camera yeah. especially with you and me yeah because it's real and it's like i don't know if you can ever recapture that because it's weird because even though we're sitting in this room still alone you've invited people their eyeballs and their ears in and it's like eh. and we always know that like yeah. there's always part in my head where i'm like hey you're getting too real with chat say something funny or well, like you, Jamie. Okay, let me back up. So, as as an entrepreneur, as a comedian, as a, as an entertainer, as all of these things, as a you're a sojourner. You're a journeyman. You're you're a traveler. You you are walking through this life. You've experienced. You've touched all of the uh, the points of extreme. Yeah. out there. <laughs> sure, you have. Yeah, just... some of it's bitten you in the ass. Some of it's been rewarding. You've kind of, oh, you're this, you're this crazy volcano that, boom, is kind of settled into, okay, I'm making decisions with a little more thought, yep. a little more wisdom here, because you got Integrity. a lot of experience yep. under your belt. And so I love talking to you 
because you're vulnerable. Sure. You're vulnerable. You, you, you have been, I don't care whose show you're on, what you're doing, what are, you text me, and it's like, you text me some things, and I'm like, freaking kill steam, bro. And I'm like, I love this guy because you, the last time we were together yeah. on the show, you were like, I just want to find a Christian girlfriend. I remember that. And I'm like, it's a solid request. I specifically said a 5'2 Christian girlfriend yeah. to slide into my DMs, which by the way, <laughs> I have a 5'2 Christian girlfriend. And by the way, sometimes they are also nuts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, they, they indeed are. Yeah. I don't care what uh, level of sanctification right. they've reached. You still, you still got estrogen. That's and there's some things the Holy Spirit doesn't overcome. No, dude, that's the worst when you say, like, I, I'm finally in a relationship where Jesus is at the center and you both are being toxic monsters. And mm -hmm. you're just like, I, it's more like we've kidnapped Jesus and, like, yeah. made him watch this, like, traumatic yeah. relationship. Sit in the corner, Jesus. Right. Watch what we do. We're going to mess all this yeah. up. See if you can fix this. <laughs> and uh, that's why can't. I always tell people, I say, God may save you, but that doesn't mean he's taking all of you to heaven. There's parts of you he wants weeded out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... What we do is, as humans, mm -hmm. we beat ourselves up. You spend a lot of time, I spend a lot of time, we beat ourselves up. Oh, I didn't do this right. I mm -hmm. failed here. I messed up. See, you're still an artist. You know, it's like you, you do. Yeah. Because the introspection of it all is still there. And as humans, we self-analyze, we self-deprecate. We, you know, somebody pays us a compliment. We're like, you don't know me. Oh, God. Somebody I'm... gives you an insult, though, and they're like, God, why did that stranger insult me? Yep. You take that. Yeah. You take the negativity. Yeah. It's like Velcro. Yep. You just grab it. I mean, dude, how many times have you posted a video that could have thousands of mm -hmm. comments and not just like, hey, that was funny, oh, but yeah. like, man, I was having such a bad day and this video brought me back to life. And then some like anonymous dork is just like gay. And you're like, yeah. why do I even do <laughs> yeah. this? You know what? Your mama's gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like looking at their profile and you're like, of course it have it on private. And you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. Why am I doing this? And yeah, you're right. The negativity. And maybe that's like an evolutionary trait where we're like, we have to protect ourselves against the yeah. bad. But like, man, when you can start, I'm forcing myself to be present because sometimes I'll get these long nice DMs and I skim it I'll mm. like skim it for bad for bad and then I'm kind of like meh and then yeah. <laughs> so I'm like making my and meanwhile the emails are just like I would have killed myself if I didn't find your podcast and like so I'm making myself read it I'm like visualizing there's another human they're writing this like something I did and and it's it that is so much harder yeah. it's so much harder than seeing just yeah some dork write you and you're like fight me I'm the, I'm the world's worst about that. And, and what I, I read something a long time ago that said, you know, our, our ancestors, they spent their lives running from things that were trying to eat them right. and kill them. And so we know that if we get out of our cave, it ain't a safe space anymore. Yeah. It's something out there, you know, until the, you know, until the Iron Age, until we could fight back, really, yeah. we, 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 were, we were prey. Yeah. And we're still expecting people to prey on us, right? Yeah. Well, and so you get used and all this kind of stuff. It's so it's it's hard to look for the positive. Well, and I think um, it's hard to look for the positive, but it's like sports psychology, right? If every time I went into a fight, I'm like, this guy's going to beat me up, then I'm going to fight scared. By fighting scared, I'm going to be more vulnerable to attack, and then uh, I'm going to get beat up, and then yeah. I'm going to go, see, I knew I'd get beat up, right? And so it's the same with the way we talk to ourselves or the way we take in information. If I'm only taking in the bad, then I'm going to like start veering. It's like when you look 
you know, you start to drive where you look. Um, I'm going to start veering towards that bad. Whereas if I can actually take these compliments and be like, man, my new show is really good. Mm-hmm. That's going to make me put out a better show, yeah. which is going to continue to make the show do good. Um, but the problem is, especially again, in like creating in comedy and, and whatever, you're just encouraged to be negative. I think the vulnerability <laughs> is the only reason I'm not dead. And I think that uh, a lot of guys listening, especially, you know, vulnerability is kind of like a chick thing. Yeah. Um, you know, even the way we were raised, you look at like, you know, little girls were like talking about their feelings and having tea parties. And we were just like undertaker choke slamming each other into like swimming pools and right. trying not to drown. And, but I think that so many men, you don't want to be like a, you don't want to be a victim, right? You don't want every day. I'm like, here's why my life is bad. Blah, 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 blah. But to be able to share your what you're going through with your wife, with your guy friends, with your, you know, church group, whatever. That is so important. And I think the reason a lot of dudes just off themselves is because they literally just need to vent out what they're feeling and hear another, especially another guy just go, Oh dude, that's, I think that all the time. Yeah. And then they just go, Oh, cause the times that I've been like, in the darkest place is when I just go, nobody knows how I feel right now. Yeah. And so I must just be broken. And so like, I don't know, man, what's the point? Uh, but then when you share stuff, it just, not only do you help other people, yeah, but it really does help you. Helps you. I got to pull it back a little bit. Cause I've definitely been on like a lot of first dates where I'm like, and then I tried to kill myself a third time. <laughs> and they're just like, geez. And in my head, I'm like, this is what you're signing up for. Yeah. Like just take yeah. it or leave it. Um, they leave it. But, uh, I, I, I really do think it, it kills me sometimes that I'm, as I'm sure it does you that we're so self-critical or self-analytical or whatever, but it's also kind of our greatest strength. And I think the key is like, can you tame it? Can you be self-aware without being self-hating? Can you be confident without being cocky? You yeah. know, these are all things that are really important, but it's a it's a fine line yeah. b- b- between is it going to elevate me or is it going to be toxic and, and, and you know, beat me down? Yeah. Hang tight. I, wanna, I, gotta, I got some thoughts on that. I want to... Uh... I want to see what your thoughts are, are, are on my thoughts mm-hmm. when we come back. But, uh, hey, the Durban Accords are coming up. That's uh, <clears throat> August 22nd. Um, you know, the American U.S. dollar has had global dominance in the last, you know, however long. And, you know, the uh, the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they're all going to announce the launch of a new international super currency, which is backed by gold and other commodities. So it's part of their long-term plan to supplant the U.S. dollar. Uh, as the cornerstone of the global financial system. Now, you need to protect your IRA or 401k from the fallout of this announcement. And the way you do that is you start by diversifying with gold. Yep, gold from Birch Gold Group. So you know this. Historically, gold has been a safe haven in times of high uncertainty, which it is right now. So you can get a free info kit on how you convert to gold IRAs and decide for yourself if a tax-sheltered retirement account backed by physical precious metals is right for you. Text the word C-H-A-D, I spell it Chad, to 989898. There's a monumental shift happening, folks. And uh, the nations that control one-third of the world's GDP are against us. And you need to arm yourself uh, with information to protect your retirement savings. Text Chad to 989898. Claim your free info kit from Birch Gold. Be right back. You you got a new show. I do. Coming out. Well, the new show is also heavy. 
Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's about like Jesus and mental health. And I wish that you were like before the heavy stuff of my show is just like clowns and dick jokes. But uh, <laughs> there are dick jokes. We got in trouble for cursing. I, di- I didn't think about uh, if you like talk about Christian stuff, they don't want you to curse, which is wildly let's stupid. About, let's talk about, <laughs> that. Talk so about the, that. The, the show, is it out yet? Are yeah. You, so it okay. just came out. Back row. It's called The Back Row with Jamie Kilstein. The Back Row. You can go to backrowpod.com or, or look up. The back row of Jamie Kilson on podcast you, places. You, I hate the phrase, but hey. baby, Christian, whatever you want I to say call baby it. Christian. I, I didn't I even mean, know I, that I was I hate a... the phrase. You, you, I watched you over yeah. the last several years <laughs> as your friend come to a place of faith. Yep. Come to a place of, of not just faith, but just an all out worldview transformation. Mm-hmm. Culturally, politically, your paradigm of how you see the world seeing god specifically the christian faith yep you came to all these things and so it amazes me when i see people have these certain expectations towards people who have been through that and they're like oh we expect you to say all the right things and do all the right things and have all the right theories philosophies theologies also like you remember who jesus was hanging out with right like those guys Paul killed people. Killed people. With the fact that it's like Jamie's a new Christian and he said the F word. It's like Paul <laughs> cut off a dude's ear. Like cut me yeah. some slack. Yeah. But also. Peter did it. See, baby Christian, yeah, Christian mistake Christian, right, Christian. right there. But, but it's the same deal. <laughs> I mean, Paul probably did it. Look, yeah. they were all cut. There was Paul a lot of, probably cut off some ears too. There was a lot of ear cutting going on back then. But <laughs> that's the whole thing with my show. Like I say, like I can't quote scripture. I can't. I don't know any of that stuff. I know that I love Jesus and that I want to live my life like Jesus and so I have pastors on the show and people that I can ask questions to but if I came from the past that I came from and then suddenly was like I'm a believer and if you don't believe you're going to hell people I would be such a fraud I would be such a lie you know you see people who and I never wanted to be this person that's why I was like I don't even want to tell people I'm Christian um let alone have a show about it but I uh you see people who like 20 years after some affair they come out and they're just like just shamefully carrying their new book that's like Christ and I or something like that it's like them walking on a beach with Jesus and you just go (laughs) is this real or is this just like some PR thing you know and and for me, I found Jesus. I felt so like how I came up to it was wild. But the bottom line was I just felt such love and I felt myself becoming very quickly such a better person. So I go, okay, I like this a lot. But also I know who I am and it is so much um, more important that I live a life with integrity than it is. I stop cursing or, you know, fix everything right away. I mean, the whole thing is I stayed away from Christianity for so long because the Christians you would see in the news back in the day were the most judgmental. And so I go, okay, I don't like that at all. And then I finally was like, I just want to read about Jesus. Forget what I think Christians are. I just want to read about Jesus. She started reading about Jesus. And I'm like, well, this is the opposite of, of, of what I thought, you know, uh, you look who Jesus was hanging out with, like tax collectors and sex workers and, you know, poor fishermen, all this stuff. And so I'm like, okay, well, I like Jesus a lot. And when I started to meet a lot of really cool Christians who I look up to, 
they were the most forgiving, loving people I'd ever met. And I'm like, right, if you're a Christian, you actually, it's sort of antithetical to being self-righteous because you're inherently saying, I'm so flawed as a human, I needed Jesus to die for me, right? And so if I just pretended like suddenly I knew it all, um, not only would it not be authentic, to me, it wouldn't actually help people. I'm not trying to just be part of the echo chamber um, in the Christian world just so I can get a number one podcast uh, in the Christian section of iTunes because I'm funnier than a lot of people. <laughs> right. Uh, what I'm trying to do is actually bring people to Jesus. And so the amount of people that have already written me that they just thought they couldn't go to church. They Maybe they had some kind of spiritual practice, but they're like, dude, there's no way I'd be welcome to church because I curse or because I have sex and I'm not married or because, uh, you know, on the last episode I asked if we think that uh, I can't take psychedelics, you know, even though there's a ton of research done about how psychedelics are healing people with trauma and depression and addiction. But like, is that not Christian of me? I kind of came to God when I did psychedelics. Like, is that good? Is that bad? And I'm not saying that I have the answer, but the show is me sort of wrestling with all this stuff in real time. And bro, when I did Tim Ross's podcast, and they're the ones who are producing this for me, um, I was shocked because I knew that I could bring a bunch of degenerates like me to God because uh, of who I am. But like I was having pastors DM me afterwards that they were like, thank you for talking about mental health. Mm -hmm. Thank you for talking about trying to quit porn. Thank you for talking about, you know, all this stuff, because I realized that not only is my show going to be for atheists who thought they wouldn't be welcome into Christianity, but it's also going to be for Christians who can't talk about this stuff, Mm -hmm. who can't talk about mental health, who can't curse in public, who can't say, you know, I'm the pastor of a church, but I was suicidal six months ago because they have so many eyes on them and they're just like, well, I'm supposed to be the mouthpiece for God. So I can't talk about no dude. Like every time my pastors talk about, um, the times, you know, they slept with someone they shouldn't have the times they, you know, were self-righteous about being a Christian. It makes me feel so human and it makes me feel so welcome. Whereas if I walked into a church and they were just like, you're a sinner, I'm good, put money in the plate, don't ask about the priests. Like, I'm like, that's not gonna, that's not helpful to me. And so if people don't like what I do, I would say you make Christians your way and you're gonna get a whole bunch of people I could never get. But also, like, don't come on my Instagram and say that I'm not a Christian because I curse when I have people in my DMs saying they're going to come to ch- go to church for the first time uh, because of my podcast. I'm sort of like, I think this is m- my role to play. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I could be going to hell. I don't know. Well, the thing that has always frustrated me is Christians, people in the church, I'll say, they tend to try to impress each other with how much they know. Oh. Who knows more? I mean, if you're going to, who are we comparing it to? Each other or, or God and his revelation? Because if, if we're going to compare it to, to God's revelation, you don't know anything. Yeah. So who cares what you know? Bro, every time I'm around them, I feel so dumb. <coughs> like, I remember when I first started, like, being like, I think I'm going to go to church. I was talking to Glenn about it. And I was, at, I was talking to him about prayer. I think this was off air. And he just goes, you know, prayer to me is like a conversation with God. And I was like, oh, I can do that. And I do that and I love it. 
And then like sometimes I get around these like these like big Christians and you know, you're just gonna pray before a meal and they're just like as Matthew three five says, and you're just like, What what are you talking? And they're just like dropping like kind of like knowledge bombs and I'm like, if that's good for you, cool. But I still I can't quote scripture and I'm not gonna yeah. pretend to. And in fact, I'll take it a step further. There are times where I've been depressed. Here's a better example. So I get baptized. And I tell myself I'm going to be celibate. Uh, spoiler alert: I did not do it. Um, but I tell my, but I, but I was for a while. It was the longest time I went. Yeah. Um, and I took hookups off the table. I was like, I'm just, if there's the potential of like this could be like my person, like a real relationship. Still not the way you're supposed to do it. Uh, it was good for me, so I did it. And so I was never a porn guy before. Like it was fine, but I was never like super into porn. I never felt like addicted to porn. But because I'm not hooking up suddenly. I was just like, I started using porn as sort of a like break glass in case of emergency. Cause like my ex would like text me and I'm like, ah, I want to sleep with her. I'll just look at porn and then we'll be fine. So suddenly I feel like my relationship with porn was like, uh, kind of like with like Taylor Swift, where I was like, I started listening to Taylor Swift ironically. And then suddenly I'm like, do I love Taylor Swift? Where <laughs> I did that kind of with porn. And suddenly I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm the guy that the pastor talks about. I'm suddenly like shamefully addicted to to porn. So I was like, okay, I'm going to ask my, because whenever I ask like my secular friends, my comic friends, I'm like, hey, I want to stop like looking at porn. They'd be yeah. like, why? And I'd be like, I, I don't know. It doesn't make me feel good. And they were like, whatever, dude, no help. But then my Christian friends on like the other end, I remember my buddy <laughs> who I love so much and he's a fan of this network and I'll probably watch. But I go, uh, I go, hey, man, how do I like stop looking at porn? Because he struggled with it. You know, I thought he was going to give me some app to download. And he's like, bro, I got the best idea. And I go, what is it? And he goes, you're never going to look at porn again. I go, great. And he goes, you're going to love this. And I go, what is it? And he goes, every time you want to look at porn, instead, just read your Bible. I was like, Sam, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. First of all, I barely understand the Bible. Second of all, I don't want to start associating when I'm horny with the Bible. Like, what's that going to lead? What kind of weird kinks is that going to lead to where some girl's like, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, forgive me. Like, I don't know. It was so, but like, that is a lot of people. It's like, that could work for him because he knows a lot about the Bible. But I know there are so many people struggling with addiction or depression or whatever. Someone goes, read the Bible. Because this happened to me before I went to my church, which like broke stuff down that the way I understand it. And I read the Bible. I'm like, okay, this is the thing that's going to save me. And then I'd read it. And I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. Right. None of this makes sense to me. So for me, I need a translator. I need like someone who's funny or someone who's relatable. I need one of those cool pastors that people don't like, um, that related to self-help. Like that's how I understand stuff. And then I get to go back to the Bible, read and go, okay, now I know what this means and I can read it with fresh eyes. But I think a lot of people give up on it because they don't understand or they're like, I can't quote scripture or I'm embarrassed to pray or whatever. Um, And I just want to tell people that that's super normal and no one should make you feel bad for it. And when you find the right group and the right church and the right friends, they'll be so open to help you and, you know, educate you without. But if your church, if they're talking down on you or down to you, or if they're making you feel bad for not knowing things, I don't, that might not be the right church for you, man. Yeah, Get out, get out, get out. That's that's the wrong place to learn to walk. All right, let's go to break. Hey, uh, you deal with pain and uh, listen, 
We all do it from time to time. We have it. Some people can't get rid of the pain. Uh, and sometimes you don't think you can ever get, you know, get it out of your life, but you can. And even though it comes back day after day, you're wondering what the solution can be. Well, I want you to try something. Try Relief Factor. You've heard me talk about it numerous times. Uh, it works for me. It's a great way to reduce pain. Most of that pain is caused by inflammation in the joints. <coughs> and when you take it as directed, it could absolutely change your life. So it's not a drug, but it's developed by doctors and it reduces inflammation. We found that 70% of the people who take it keep on ordering it because it works for them. So if you're living with pain, try it. And I can help you do that very easily. Uh, Three-week quick start. It's a trial pack for $19.95, and you just go to relieffactor.com and get it. Or you can call them on the phone, 800-4-RELIEF, relieffactor.com. We'll be right back. All right. First of all, before we go any further. Um, I have a show Friday night, Waco, the Hippodrome coming back. Uh, there's a few seats left. Uh, actually, I think there's an upper balcony we can open up. If you want to keep buying them, we'll, we'll, we'll put you in there. Okay. So, um, yeah, keep buying it. Watchchad.com is where the fun stuff is. It's always a fun time there in Waco. Saturday night, I'm in Georgetown. Uh, we're going to do a lot of music there as well. We'll have some fun as well. But uh, Ernie's, that's a pretty cool little uh, venue. I've, I've never done a show there, so it's the first time for me. North of, Houston, uh, north of Austin, sorry, Georgetown. But uh, check it out. Next week, tell all your, uh, all your California friends. I know you guys got tons of friends in Southern California. to Come see me uh, there in San Diego, La Jolla, to be specific, at the Comedy Store. Three nights we're going to be there, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so come check it out. I'm calling it a mini vacation. I don't care. We're going to have fun. Um, when's the last time you did a stand-up show? I want to come to that Georgetown. Um, I did I did Rogan's Club. That might have been the last spot. I did Rogan's Club. It went really well. It was still pretty new. Because you've kind of taken a break from a lot of that. Yeah. Well, I just went crazy with the, like, I got... <laughs> I got baptized and I just like stopped doing stand up and I started like feeding the homeless people on 6th Street where all the clubs are and all that stuff is good and I'm glad I did it but I think I just it's that self sabotage yeah. where it's sometimes you can even self sabotage for good reasons I go well, I'm gonna sure. be more like Jesus and when I go to the comedy clubs everyone's drinking and they're trying to hook up and they're making fun of me for being Christian and like blah 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 um, but it's what I make out of it. That's yeah. what we were talking about, you know, off air when you were like, just do what you want to do, man. Um, and so, but it, but it was really hard for me. And I think as this show takes off, we have such a good team behind it. And like a lot more big things are going to happen around October um, as it takes off. And I can kind of build my audience, yeah. um, which I haven't done that <coughs> in a really long time. Cause my audience has been so all over the place, you know, like my Instagram could be a bunch of conservative Christians who hear me on this show. Um, but then, you know, someone who saw me on MSNBC 10 years ago or someone who followed me because I used to be a vegan or like, it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> right. Whereas I feel like with this show, it's really solidifying to me too, like who I actually am and why I do a podcast. Um, so I think as I build an audience, then I can go out, do kind of what you do. I was opening for JP Sears for a while. He just built his own audience. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of guys can get away with that now. Um, and then I don't know if that means I have to be at the clubs every night in Austin. Cause I find myself too. I'll 
this is either because I'm a weak person or a phenomenal comic where I'll write for the room. Mm. So I remember I was like, I should have a clean set because we were going to try to get me on one of the late night shows for this podcast launch. And the second I saw all the comics before me, just crushing with filthy stuff, I was just like, changing my set and then you know i went out and kind of did my normal thing and killed and felt good about myself until i drove home and i went you idiot you weren't supposed to do that (laughs) it wasn't about killing it's about so i mean what i should do is just kind of have a beginner's mind towards stand up and just be like hey i'm starting again um but i'm still sort of i haven't written material that has excited me enough Mm -hmm. to i certainly wasn't going to do that the first month at Rogan's Club. <laughs> yeah. like, Here's my clean Christian set. Yeah. Um, and I don't even want a clean Christian set. I want a set about, you know, talking about like the porn struggles or talking about whatever. Um, but I'm just, I, I don't have anything that I'm super, super excited about. I texted Dave Landau because I forgot I was supposed to open for him and the date got moved to October. So I actually <laughs> maybe stuck with some stand up dates. But like going out with you or going out with Dave or going out with JP, like I feel like that's different because again, you've established your. Well, yeah. And, and you're with people that get you. They get me. They get you. I forgot. Tell me, you're like, I, I, you forgot about you were supposed to open for Dave. That's like we were doing that, that they were doing that Minds conference down in Austin and they had you on the poster oh, to yeah, be I there for the it. thing. I bailed on it. And I was down there for it and I texted you. I said, Am I going to see you tonight? And you're like, Yeah, I bailed on it. Like, <laughs> well, first, I didn't know what you were talking about. Stick, I was yeah. like, Where are you? Yeah. And you're like, I'm at the conference you're on the poster for. Yeah. Um, yeah, I forget why. You just didn't want to go. I think I just didn't want to. You just didn't want to go. I know you. You just didn't want to go. And here's the deal, Jamie. I don't blame you. I went to it, and I didn't want to be there. I, I was there for a total other reason uh, because, you know, it was sponsored by the new record label I'm a part of. And oh, I was like, so funny. So I was networking with those guys. I don't want to be there. I remember I like I they did were talking get, about some shit. I don't know. I went to Twitter and I was like, I wonder what I'm missing. And they're like, Alex Jones is on stage. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm You're fine. fine. At home. You've heard it, bro. I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. And I because I was there, I stayed up. I stayed upstairs uh, in the little that in little, that in that room. I stayed upstairs, kind of near the bar, and yeah. hung out. And uh, yeah, dude, I was like, I don't know what these people are talking about. And I know everybody was on the panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. everybody on all the panels. I mean, it was there like- There were a bunch of friends like, I would have liked to see. If I knew yeah. you were down there, I might have I might have gone down. You didn't miss anything. But that was also when I was just, I mean, 6th Street is when you're trying to be healthy and find God. It's brutal, bro. Not the place. So if, if people haven't been to 6th Street in Austin, it's like, imagine Beverly Hills meets zombie land yeah and like it, there's this there's this and then there's music venues everywhere there's bars everywhere there's it's every <coughs> lascivious lifestyle on display yeah it's but not then the you good got, musicians either no so it's just like these like just cover bands yeah. like blaring and they're all like all the sound waves are like clashing off each other and, yeah it's a lot of cacophony that's yeah. what happened and then then you got really rich people good looking people stepping over comatose bodies that are cracked out in the street i'm so glad you said that that was when i had my sort of like i shouldn't be doing this because i i I, when i i I started going down to sixth street to like make sandwiches for people and i went down by myself um and i was doing that for a minute and then i had a show at vulcan at that club and i was seeing not only was I seeing the people who like I've gotten to know, like I knew their names, I fed them, I knew their story, but yeah, seeing the people mm-hmm. leaving my show, stepping over them. And then if I'm being totally honest, cause that sounds a little like I'm such a good person. Also finding myself 
caring less about them and looking around to be like, who recognizes me? Cause I just crushed at that sold out show. And I was like, ah, this is gross. And you know, my friend, uh, Jen Fulweiler, she's this big Catholic comic and she's great. She's so nice. She really helps me every time I try to quit comedy where she goes, um, yeah, but imagine if you do make it Mm. huge on your own terms then instead of just like feeding people sandwiches, you could start like a foundation. Yeah. And that's what I have to remember where it's like, okay, so if God did give you these gifts, how can you, am I actually kind of saying no thanks to him if I'm not doing stand up? Yeah. or, you know, am I supposed to use comedy? And, on and there's no accidents, right? Because I I, for, for example, last week, I had to go to do a show in Pittsburgh on Friday. There was no way to get from Houston to Pittsburgh and get there in a reasonable amount of time that I could get over to the venue, which was in Oakmont, which is a good hour with the traffic from the thing. So I was like, we got to go in a day early. We got to go. I was like, I don't want to go in and waste a day in Pittsburgh, fly in on Thursday. It's an extra night in the hotel. I'm I'm bitching, right? I'm just complaining about it. Oh, man. But I book it because that's the only way to get in there. And I don't like being pressed like that. So here I am. I get this email from this lady who says, hey, my mother is in the hospital. She's in a thing. She's on all these tests. She's taking a turn for the worse. I see you're going to be in Pittsburgh. She loves you. We want to come. We want to come to the show, but she's all, going through all this stuff. Oh, my God. She's like, is there any way you can come by the hospital and just say hi? And I'm like, which is a big ask. It's That's a, a big, big ask. ask. That's a big ask. You know, especially for a big star like me. Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> it's the summer of Chad. <laughs> summer of Chad. I'm that? chilling. <laughs> you know, but it was like I went. We posted a little, she did a little video of it and I, I, we, I posted the, cause we totally surprised the lady. And I mean, she just popped up out of the bed. Oh. They just been doing bone marrow stuff in her spine that morning. And she just pops up. She was so excited. We spent, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes together. And I was like, it was a blessing. It was a bigger blessing to me yep. to yep. go do that. And life experience with that, with just being able to bless somebody. If I had not had to go in a day early with that inconvenience, Bro. I wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah, chicken skin. Yeah, you see dude. what I'm saying? Yeah, that's so incredible. You never know when these things are just going to converge, and you look back on it, you're like, "Dad gum." If I didn't make that choice to do that, as inconvenient as it was, I wouldn't have been able to bless these people in this way, and in in turn, blessing them, bless me. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, because I know you you talk a lot. The uh, you, we got to go to a break. <laughs> <laughs> I, we both talk a lot. Hey, uh, got a new sponsor. And uh, they're called Magic Spoon. I had never heard of Magic Spoon. And I talked to them the other day and they said, hey, you got to try our cereal. And I was like, well, I'm going to the grocery store right now. So I picked up this Magic Spoon. I take it out uh, it, to, to, we'd gone out to this lake house. My girlfriend, all her family were out there. And I was like, have you guys ever heard of Magic Spoon? And they're like, oh my God, we love it. We love it. Our kids love it. We get it. We want it. And I was like, well, here's a couple of boxes of it. So there's a pretty cool deal. So like they got these four flavors in a variety pack that they're offering you right now. They're cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. It's kind of like the old school cereal, but here's the deal. Zero grams of sugar. 13 grams of protein, 14 grams of protein, uh, four to five net grams of carbs. So it's to me, low carbs, uh, only 140 calories a serving, high protein, zero sugar, keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free. And the thing is, it's delicious. I, I tried some. I love it. Uh, so here's what you do. Go to magicspoon.com slash Chad. Grab a variety pack and try it today. Use the code CHAD. I spell it Chad at checkout and uh, save five dollars off your order. Uh, Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. They're backed with 100 percent happiness guarantee so if you don't like it for any reason they'll refund your money no questions asked you don't even have to send it back to them so remember get your next delicious bowl of high protein cereal magicspoon.com slash chad use the code chad save five dollars and thank magic spoon 
so much for being a part of the Chad Prather Show. We'll be right back. All right, so uh, yes, this is the last big segment of the show. We'll get into some stuff, but Jamie's going to hang around. We're going to do overtime. So Friday, when overtime comes out, be sure to tune in. You got to be a subscriber of Blaze, BlazeTV.com/slash Chad. Use promo code Chad if you're not a part of that family, and uh, you get the overtime segments. A lot of people <coughs> they can't figure out how to find those. <laughs> so what you do is you uh, you go to the Chad Prather Show inside the Blaze app, click on it, and then scroll over, and you'll see the overtime thumbnail uh the cocaine in the white house deal right. we, don't, we don't get into a lot of news when we're together because you're kind of you're not into the news a whole lot it brings you down i used to be it bummed me out and now i stopped yeah. and like you're on a news fast and media fast. i don't blame you yeah uh but you know they found the cocaine at the white house after the fourth of july and now an unnamed <laughs> security source has come out and said that it is it does they said it belonged to somebody in the biden family circle i will say it's more fun not watching the news yeah. and then having that dropped on you yeah where you just go ah they're still doing it. Okay. Well, we have a we have Blaze merch, right? And you can go to chatonblaze.com to get right to my collection. Uh, you can go to shop.blaze.com, see all the collections, but just use promo code Chad, no matter what you buy, that will save you some money. But this is the new shirt I came up with right here. It says, uh, I visited the White House and all I got was this crummy t-shirt and a bag of Coke. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> Chatonblaze.com. That is a Chad Prather original. All I got was this crummy t-shirt and a bag of Coke. Uh, we got a few t-shirts up there that are pretty funny That's now good. that um, um, you just got to go over to Chatonblaze.com. Chatonblaze.com. Brandon, can you help me remember to put in an order from one of those shirts? I need, I need to get that shirt. I literally want to wear that thing everywhere. It's yeah, really oh, funny. I want one too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to I visited the White House. All I got was this crummy T-shirt and, uh, and a bag <laughs> and a of bag Coke. of Coke. I like that they called the T-shirt crummy, but not the bag of Coke. Exactly. Also very funny. I'm thinking if it's in the Biden circle. I, I like the way they said unnamed security source. This went to Soldier of Fortune magazine, and they said um, unnamed source security source says that it belonged to an. Uh, a member of the Biden family circle. Wow. So apparently it was in a locker, if I'm getting this right. It was in like a little where they just go in and they stash their stuff yeah. near the situation room. Yeah. Everybody's given a little locker to put their per personal goods, personal effects. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking that when you go in the White House, you don't just say, hey, is there a place I can lay my purse? Sure. While we do the 4th of July celebration. They're like, yeah, actually there's a secure locker over here. You could put it right in here. And somebody, you know, pulls out their stuff and... So that makes me kind of think it's Ashley Biden. That's what I was going to go with. I I'm think, thinking Ashley's. Well, because they have to give it to someone clearly, and if they give it yeah. to Hunter, it's a whole legal yeah. issue. So I yeah. think I think Ashley's going to fall on the sword. And I, I think I think it, I think it, yeah. yeah. And there's a good chance it was Ashley simply because Hunter ain't putting anything in a security locker. Ashley probably did put her purse in there. Yeah, I doubt Hunter would let it off his person. Nah, but I he's see a pro. A, I could see a woman stashing it in her bag. Hunter <laughs> snorted all of it before he goes yeah. on the yeah. premise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hammer it's, not, it's not amateur time. hour. Yeah, Hammer judging by the time, video dude. where he didn't blink for about a minute and 15 seconds, yeah, I think he finished his baggie off before he arrived. I can't believe in all of my critical analysis as a subject matter expert on cocaine <laughs> that I did not, it never crossed my mind that it might have been Ashley Biden. But now, here we are. That's what I think. That's what I think. And they said there's no cameras on that spot, which I have a hard time believing 
First of all, if there's no cameras, why is every inch of the White House not covered in cameras? Are we right. not there yet? I just don't believe that. Every every inch of this building is covered in cameras. The White House can't do that? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I just absolutely don't get it. I promise you. Yeah, I'll just leave it alone. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Biden, by the way, uh, Biden is now at an all-time approval low. Um. And he's also now done something that no president has ever done. He has now taken more official vacation days than any president at this point in their presidency in history. He's literally had, I don't know, like 360 days of vacation. I mean, it's like a year. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the guy has lived on vacation. All of these politicians yeah. are so... They're garbage. They're garbage, They're dude. garbage. They're garbage. The Every system is them. garbage. The, I mean, I, I'm just becoming more, more and more just like, I'm just going to... And I know this... Look, the way to change policy is, you know, you run for local office, you get active. I know all that stuff. Yeah. But there's another part of me that I just see it and I go, I'm going to live in the woods and do mushrooms until I die. Yeah, because it's a good I, just, I, I don't want to be part of it. Yeah. I just want to make uh, people's life good. And I, I'm also convinced no matter how good of a person you are, I was never a Biden fan, even when I was super on the left. Yeah. No matter how good of a person you are, it's just everything is so corrupt now with, you know, uh, the, 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 the favors they owe and the, the you, you know, leaving the office and then becoming uh you know you, you leave the office and then you become uh an advocate for these giant corporations that you were helping while you were in office right and the system's so broken i don't even know if a good person can get into office and stay a good person i mean that is yeah. why people like trump so much because at least he just he, he he didn't seem like he was part of that system yeah. is he part of it now sure but like uh it it it's it, 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 it's it's so broken that i'm at the point now and again, this could be me being apathetic. Feel free to call me out. But I truly believe it is more of a politically defiant statement to just be good to people in your life, in your community, try to help, volunteer, you know, do stuff like that. I feel like I am doing so much more good for the world now that I'm not talking about politics than I was just on Twitter all day like screaming at politicians or refusing to talk to a conservative because they vote different than me. She's like man just be cool to everyone and you will you will actually affect real change than like any of these assholes in the White House will. It's true. Hey play that Mike Pence speaking of stupid play that (laughs) clip clip number 10 real quick this is a new little ad thing that Mike Pence shot check this out you got it. Hey everybody Mike Pence here. Remember $2 a gallon gas? I do. And then Joe Biden became president of the United States and launched his war on energy. Since that time, gasoline prices are up 60 percent. Electricity prices are up 25 percent. Joe Biden's war on energy is causing real hardship for working families, small so Mike gets out. The gas thing's already open. He pulls the thing off, acts like he's pumping gas. It's beeping because he hasn't pushed a button and he hadn't paid. I was gonna. It's s- just beeping, dude. Ever even him getting out of the car, I'm like, has Mike Pence ever driven a car? No, before? not in 15 he years. He looked like he doesn't know. He, he doesn't yeah. know how to drive a car. Certainly doesn't know how to pump gas. Yeah. And, and he's in a pickup truck, of course. And uh, he's blocking a diesel pump, which is no, no, <laughs> no, no. Hey, hang tight. We'll be right back. <laughs> Let 
All right, we got just a minute. Uh, where all can people can find you? Yeah, so you can go to backrowpod.com and sign up for my newsletter where I write about this kind of stuff and get the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all that. And then you can follow me on Instagram where I make sketches about being a new messed up Christian and comedy <laughs> stuff. Um, at the Jamie Kilstein, at the Jamie Kilstein. And if it doesn't work out with my girlfriend, if there are any five, three Christian <laughs> girls, we're just going to keep moving up. My girlfriend's great. Everything's great. Um, yeah, that's it. Instagram and the podcast. I love it, dude. Straightforward, vulnerable. I appreciate it. The journey is real. We're all on it. I don't care how old you get or how mature you think you are. You're still on that journey. We're all babies. No matter where you are, what, what version of yourself you think you are, trust me, we are all babies and none of us have the answers. So, Jamie, is fun. Uh, we're going to keep the conversation going. we got a lot more stuff that I want to get into. Uh, and Jamie's a guy that makes me think. And we're going to do that on overtime. So don't miss it on Friday. you got to subscribe to Blaze, blazetv.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad. And don't forget, come see me in Waco in Georgetown this weekend, La Jolla next week. We'll see you tomorrow. Love you. God bless you. Bye. Bye.